In C.S. Lewis's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the wicked queen entices Edmund with a box of enchanted Turkish delight. Each piece is sweet and delicious, and Edmund has never tasted anything better. There's only one problem. The more Edmund eats the enchanted Turkish delight, the more he wants. And this is all part of the wicked queen's plan. The more he eats, the more he wants, and the queen knows eventually the Turkish delight will kill Edmund. This is an image of temptation and sin. St. Thomas Aquinas says the reason we sin is sin looks appealing to us. That Turkish delight looks so good and it tastes so good. Our gospel today also presents an image of sin. St. Augustine says if you want to see what sin looks like, look at Lazarus in the tomb. First, sin paralyzes us. It strips us of our freedom. So Lazarus is bound up like a mummy, unable to move. St. Paul says sin leads to slavery. Now, let me reveal one of the tactics of the devil. After we have a fall into sin, the devil wants us to give license to further sin. So to think, well, I've fallen once. Why not sin a couple more times before going to confession? What we forget is that each sin wounds our soul And repeated sin ingrains a vice, a bad habit. And before we know it, we're shackled, we're bound up, we've lost our freedom, we're enslaved. Second sin isolates us. Lazarus is cut off alone in a tomb. Sin alienates us from God and it alienates us from others. It cuts us off from the community. And finally, sin leads to death. St. Paul says the wages of sin is death. Immortal sin constitutes a complete rupture in our relationship with God, and we lose the very life of Christ within us. We fall from sanctifying grace. What's God's response to sin? We found this an interesting detail in this gospel. The gospel says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard he was ill, he remained two days in the place where he was. Doesn't this sound strange? He remained two days where he was. Why didn't Jesus hurry to Lazarus? One Bible commentator said, Jesus sometimes allows us to experience our own helplessness, our weakness, and the reality of what sin causes, our death. Sometimes we might ponder, Lord, why are you waiting? Why don't you come to my rescue? Perhaps our Lord is making us more aware of our impoverished state, our littleness. Lent is meant to awaken in us a need for a Savior. Now, Jesus, of course, has a bigger plan, too. He wants to reveal God's power over death. When Jesus arrives in Bethany and sees Lazarus' tomb, we have the shortest verse in the whole Bible. And Jesus wept. Our sin and its resulting death causes God to weep. It's a good reminder that Jesus weeps with us. Jesus is present in our grief, in our sadness. God did not intend death. And in fact, we see in this story that Jesus' ultimate plan is to conquer death. Jesus cries out, Lazarus, come out. We have this gospel in Lent to point to the reality of baptism. Through our baptism, death is conquered in us. This gospel is also an image of reconciliation. When we go to confession, we who are dead in our sin are brought back to life. Well, this week we have our communal reconciliation services, lots of opportunities to go to confession. 
Our communal penance service will be Monday at 7 p.m. And then at Ascension, there will be communal penance at Thursday at 7 p.m. We also have our regular Lenten confessions on Wednesday morning and Wednesday evenings, and then on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. So please take advantage of all these opportunities to go to confession before Easter. Just one last point. When Jesus says, roll back the stone, Martha cries out, Lord, there's going to be a great stench. What happens when we leave our sin in the darkness, when we refuse to bring our sin to the light of confession? They rot away at us and we begin to stink. Don't remain in the tomb. I ponder, what keeps Catholics from confession? And sometimes I hear, well, people say, I don't need to confess my sins to a priest. Look, the most basic reason we confess our sins to a priest is because Jesus instituted this sacrament. On Easter Sunday, Jesus appeared to the apostles and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you hold bound are held bound. Now, how are the apostles going to know people's sins to forgive them unless people confess their sins? Look, we've all heard the sad reality of so many people that have left the Catholic Church Approximately 10% of Americans identify themselves as former Catholics. That's 30 million people. For many people, it's a gradual process to leave the church. And one of the first steps is to abandon the sacrament of reconciliation. If I think, well, I no longer need to go to confession, then this is kind of the first step out the door. So, If we want to keep our children in the church, we have to instill in them a regular practice of going to confession. A virtue is a habit of doing good, and we need to foster good habits for our children, regular confession. Don't fear this sacrament. The oldest tactic of the devil is to make us feel ashamed or embarrassed. I could never say that to a priest, or what will the priest think of me? It's a moment of grace when we bring our darkness to the light. I mean, if you don't want the priest to know you, that's okay. Go to Father Bala. He's going to be returning to India in April. Every time we go to confession, we celebrate Easter. We who are dead in our sin are brought back to life. Let Jesus say to you what he did to Lazarus. Come out, untie him, and let him go. 